Welcome into the VGK Insider Show. No Ryan Wallace, Chris Chapman here with Darren Millard getting ready for the Avalanche and the Golden Knights. Sixth of seven preseason games on the season and uh, the last home preseason game. Chris Chapman, like I said, here with Darren Millard. In Bobby Machado back in the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studio. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... Who do you think was going to woo? Well, I don't know. Bobby doesn't woo. I, I was hoping. I don't Bobby, woo. I was hoping Bobby was. It's your do it. intro. You're the <laughs> yes. one that woos every day. Hey, hey, James has a headset. Maybe James could have thrown the woo in there. <laughs> did you? Did you ask James if he was no, going to no, woo? No. I, I mean, there was a long dramatic pause. There was there was nothing going on with the with the woo, and you're the woo guy. I, I am. That's that's a good way to describe me, the woo guy. But I'm trying to figure out who you thought was jumping in for the woo when well, you were. Pausing and looking around. Well, I, I knew it wasn't going to be you because you're the guy who Phil Collins was singing the song about in the air tonight. Mm-hmm. So I knew it wouldn't have been you. Um, you didn't ask me. No. You didn't talk to Bobby and James, nothing. Yeah. So it should have been me. But yet you're sitting up here in section 104 looking around. I am. I'm like, ah, uh, where's the woo? Where's the woo? Good start, Chapman. Yes. Hey, welcome. Does does that count as a, a, an incident? Are it's, we back to Are we back to day zero? No, no, no. That's just a, a general show faux pas okay. blunder. That that's not a situation when it comes to technology or getting the show uh, on the air. Uh, we are looking forward to this Avalanche Vegas encounter because it does signify another step in the preseason. Both rosters expected to be very heavily weighted towards National Hockey League talent and opening night players. This is going to be the most NHL-like game that we've seen in the first five. So it's going to be a fun game all the way around. Even being at the rink this morning, it was an optional morning skate. We get to see those a lot. That felt more like uh, the National Hockey League regular season when you're uh, just uh, working through some things and uh, working through your your process uh, of whether you like the, the pregame skate, the morning skate, to, or not. And uh, Bruce Cassidy certainly had his game face on, talking about uh, what he's going to uh, look for in these final two games. So there, there's, a, there's a definite vibe of being a little more serious than the evaluation process in the first five games. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could call it a dress rehearsal uh, for the opening night. Um, For some of these guys, maybe the last opportunity to impress uh, Kelly McCrimmon and Bruce Cassidy. I'm excited because Colorado, I feel like maybe they're kind of being overlooked a little bit. You know, we're talking about Golden Knights, obviously, Edmonton, Dallas, but Colorado is still one of those teams that, that I feel like could make a serious I like push. Them. Yeah, I think they're a good team. The, I don't overlook them. I'm more surprised at what they did a year ago. Yeah, it's For amazing. a team that battled through significant injuries all year long and lost players for the entire season and this season, uh, they still won that division. Yeah, and, that's... And they, they caught up to Dallas at the end, and they made a big push for the, for the Western Conference title. So uh, when you look at, at that, they're a team that, uh, that should be taken seriously when it comes to this National Hockey League regular season. Yeah, I feel like any time you have Nathan McKinnon on the ice and Kale McCarr, you, you've got a chance because those are two of maybe the 10 or 12 best players on the planet. So uh, da- or Colorado, one of those teams that feel like they're, they're going to give some teams a run for their money this year, especially in that Western Conference. Uh, we've got a couple of things that we want to mention uh, and guide people towards. Uh, all, we're on X. 
there's the Twitter poll from yesterday as we narrow our candidates down to the game rating category for this season from Bob Ross to Cars this year. We're looking for one. We have 16. We'll do some various polls uh, throughout. But it is the closest Twitter poll that I've ever been associated with going into the final hour uh, of uh, yesterday's selections. Uh, there was four. It's uh, really a two-horse race uh, right now, and it's significant. Last time I checked, uh, it was a dead heat, 33% apiece. Yeah, 42 minutes left to vote, and right now... By one percentage point, booze slash whiskey leads breakfast cereal. And that's, 33. A, that's a bit of a comeback. Yeah, 33 to 32. The other two, distant nah, second matter. and third, or third matter. and fourth. They're, they're, they're out of it. So we might need a repershage. Where if you lose by a point, <laughs> you, 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 you get a, into a repershage, and, uh, and we'll keep track of that uh, and go. So there'll be a new poll up. In the next little bit from Ryan, the hockey guy, Actually, on today's selections. Is it going? It's up, yeah. All right. So today's selections are as follows for the category choices, and the winner gets to go to the championship uh, pool, which will take place next week. Yeah, so those, do you want me to disclose them? Okay. So we have desserts, vacation spots, Mm -hmm. pro wrestlers, and Star Wars characters. All offer a wide range of good and bad. So I don't think there's a bad choice in any one of those. Vacation spots? We all have our favorites. Yeah. We all have our dream uh, spots that we want to go to. And we know that there's a couple places where you would never want to be on vacation <laughs> and, and uh, being uh, looking towards uh, trying to relax a little bit. Same with desserts. Yes. Like, yeah. well, there's some good ones. And then there's some, you brought that uh, for dessert, Star Wars characters. That's that's a good one. Yeah, there there is a wide I'm wide variety. I'm secretly cheering for that one because you want Jar Jar to be represented. Well, no, I just think it'd be fun all year to be able to talk about uh, Han and uh, Luke and Jar Jar. It's and, a Chewbacca uh, or Chewbacca or R two. Like uh, how how are we going to name uh, knock some of these down? And then you've got some of the newer characters. So that, yeah, that'll yeah. we might have to do a subsequent uh, like a poll a, after a follow up uh, poll. And uh, what was the what was the final one? Uh, uh, like desserts. Pro wrestlers. Pro wrestlers. Now, and you that, are not that, a wrestling that, guy. I'm not a wrestling guy, but uh, but I know enough about it that uh, that there be some easy to have the great ones and then yeah. the, the, the villains on that. So uh, that's up right now. Uh, Magnum702 will retweet that yes. if he hasn't already. Uh, check it out. I'll retweet it as well in a second. Uh, it came from the account of uh, Ryan Wallace, Ryan the Hockey Guy. So that's uh, one part of uh, something that we're following today. The other is an update from Bruce Cassidy just on uh, where the Golden Knights are going into these uh, final couple of games. And uh, his media availability was, uh, again, revealing uh, this morning uh, when it uh, came to uh, just asking uh, for a little bit of guidance on what he's uh, focused on. And and one area is the line combinations and, and what he's doing. No William Carlson tonight. Don't know whether William Carlson, sounds doubtful, uh, whether William Carlson is going to play in the final preseason game on Saturday, but uh, that has still, there's still a chance on that. So the, the line combinations are uh, a little bit different than what you might expect if it was a full dress rehearsal. Brett Howden is going to go from the wing of Mark Stone and Chandler Stevenson. He's going to slide down and he's going to play center uh, tonight. Paul Cotter, uh, Bruce, and you'll hear the full Bruce availability in hour number two. Uh, Bruce mentioned that Paul Cotter is going to skate 
with Stone and Stevenson. So that's uh, that's the best position that he's been in in the entire training camp. Uh, no Alec Martinez uh, tonight. Uh, the uh, blue line's going to be a, a little bit of a, a mixture. Uh, he talked about Hag and Petro getting a look at them uh, at practice yesterday. Uh, that's going to follow up uh, with a game situation. Uh, Shea Theodore in the lineup tonight with uh, Braden McNabb and uh, Ben Hutton and Braden Bahal. So uh, some moving parts for the, for the Vegas Golden Knights. For Paul Cotter, remember I said yesterday that if he gets with the the A group, whether it's William Carlson or whether it's Chandler Stevenson on that line, he's going to be so jacked because he's been all over the place during this training camp that I, I'm predicting next week a big week, a big showstopper from Paul Cotter because he's just going to feel home. Uh, again, I had a chance to talk to him this morning, just uh, casually off to the side, and and he was beaming, man. Like he is so jacked about playing in a game that has a National Hockey League feel to it on both sides. It's not heavily weighted uh, one uh, bench to the other, but also uh, skating with Stone and Stevenson. Like that is opportunity number one, and the the best looking line that he's had with an NHL presence on it this entire training camp. So really, uh, that'll be the game within the game that, that I'll be focused on. And he's coming off a game the other night, which he could you could uh, argue that he was the, the best Vegas forward out there. Uh, they didn't generate any offense, but there's a couple of chances either way. And he he uh, he liked his game at at times the other night, so that's that's positive. So we'll see the build up uh, as as the battle continues to be that uh, that eventual winger on William Carlson's line. Yeah, you and Ryan were talking a little bit about it yesterday, and it had me thinking: if there's no William Carlson in the lineup, does that actually favor Paul Cotter to win that job because he's proven? at least last year, that he could pretty much play anywhere that Bruce Cassidy put him, where with Pavel Dorofeyev, the sample size is so small, and he only had played really well with William Carlson in the past. Remember, it was Paul Cotter with Stone and Stevenson in Boston last year, early in the season. That was a huge game for Bruce Cassidy, and Vegas went in there and won, and Paul was a big part of that. So he's, it's been a while. Uh, Ashley and I were, were going through it, and Ashley was right in the money uh, in reflecting on when was the last time that, uh, that Paul Cotter skated with these guys uh, on any significant uh, uh, time period, and, and that was it. So we'll, we'll see what, uh, what kind of uh, enthusiasm they can generate. The other part, this, and this is really uh, big, that, uh, that I want to let everybody know is uh, it hurts to win the book commemorating the – 2023 uh, Stanley Cup Championship by the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, Nate Ewell is such a big part of that. Uh, and uh, written by uh, Gordon and, and Gary and uh, a bunch of others that uh, contributed. Uh, what a beautiful team effort. But it's physically in the armory and the arsenal. It's, it's physically there now. So you can go down and you can grab. We've been talking about it for a while. But now you can go and you can grab your book and you can look at all the memories and the, the, the pictures and you can have it on your, your coffee table or wherever you, you want to uh, keep your, your ultimate souvenir, one of the great souvenirs uh, of, the, uh, of the Vegas Golden Knights run. So uh, it hurts to win. They say it's in bookstores now. Well, it's in the Vegas Golden Knights team stores now so so check that out if you come to the game uh the armory or if you're over at city, city national arena uh go over and the arsenal has copies available 
as you walk in. Yeah, books like that are so cool, especially as a fan and as a collector. I mean, I remember when the Mets won the World Series a long, long time ago. Yeah, we, we, we got one of those. I think it was from, like, Sports Illustrated or something. You, when you order the subscription, they yeah. gave you, like, a cool book. And was it made of stone tablets then? That was <laughs> yeah, so far back. That's how long ago it was yeah. since the Mets were relevant. But uh, it was it was it was just cool, cool thing to have in the house. And as a kid, I looked through it and I'd see pictures of of the guys that I idolized. No, no, unfortunately not. Uh, multiple moves, I'm sure, got lost somewhere. But like you look at the pictures of like Doc Gooden and Daryl Strawberry and Keith Hernandez. Well, for kids growing up in Vegas, they can their parents could buy that book for them and they'll be able to look ten years from now and say, Hey, there's Mark Stone lifting the Stanley Cup, or Hey. There's Jonathan Marshall so scoring the game winner. It's just a really cool thing to have, and as a fan, For any age, yeah, yeah, it's great. You could give it to your grandparents. You could give it to your son. It's it's incredible. Any age at all, go through there, and it'll take you down uh, the victory path, and those same feelings will uh, just ooze back into you. The goosebumps will pop. I'm up. getting uh, them when, now. When, just when you, when you look at it, that's because you're cold. You didn't yeah. dress properly to be in <laughs> section uh, 104. Normally, you're back at the studio where Bobby Machado is today, uh, but uh, you're you're helping us out as Ryan Wallace uh, is off today, and we're looking forward to the pregame show and the intermissions and the postgame show tonight. You'll be handling all the callers uh, from your uh, perch here on the flight deck at T-Mobile Arena. So we've got the book, we've got the poll. We've got the game with all the uh, big names on it, and it must be getting close to banner night. And we now know what the schedule is going to be uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights over the next couple of days. And it's we're, we're down to days. Play tonight against Colorado. Fly to Los Angeles tomorrow for an afternoon game against the Kings on Saturday to wrap up the preseason. That will be expected to be a, a, a much more NHL-like game uh, with uh, players with experience than we saw the last time that those team met here at T-Mobile Arena a week ago. And uh, we're looking forward to uh, wrapping up the preseason, see uh, what happens uh, in the job search there. We'll have a good indication fully uh, after that. Now, the lineup, uh, like there's no Brisson, there's no Comtois going tonight. Uh, so um, this is a very uh, NHL-ready lineup that you could take tonight and you could put it in on Tuesday with a couple of little adjustments, whether Carlson's uh, ready, whether Martinez is in the lineup, uh, little tweaks, uh, and this is this is going to be your lineup. I expect the same thing on Saturday. And then there's a day off on Sunday. The team is going to gather for the ring presentation ceremony or dinner, and that's the night where Bruce talks about y- you have your last hurrah in the sense of living off last year and enjoying and embracing last year and being able to uh, just uh, reflect on the memories and look at that championship ring because Monday is a practice day before and there's a big Raiders game uh, on Monday Night Football yeah, Packers. Uh, there. So uh, the Stanley Cup will be in town. Uh, the Raiders are playing, and it's uh, Banner Week. And I wouldn't be surprised if those worlds uh, cross cross over a little bit. And Tuesday's Banner Night. And Bruce had uh, something really interesting to say about Tuesday night when you raise the banner. He said the, 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 the page has already been turned going into Tuesday. That Banner Night is not about last year. And I've never heard a phrase this way. But Bruce looks at it like when, when the Stanley Cup is in the building on Tuesday night and the championship banner goes up here at T-Mobile Arena, the first ever uh, for, the, for the Vegas Golden Knights, you're looking at that not remembering 
like you do on Sunday in the ring presentations, but you're using that as motivation to do it again. That is your, you're looking up at the banner, and that is your goal. That's what you want to do going, going forward. And I thought that was a really neat psychological uh, angle on the difference between uh, ring presentation and then banner night. Because I've always looked at banner night as the closing of the door from the previous season. That, that ends last season. And Bruce says that, in, in his mind, that's already done by the time the banner goes up. It's, that serves as a motivator now instead of uh, an, a, an ability to let you reflect on it. Yeah, that's actually, like you said, a really interesting analysis. And I kind of like it as well because Monday night you close the door. Tuesday night the door opens for next season. Your focus on next season, you look up at that banner, and for all these guys, it's the ultimate goal. It's, hey, you know what? We won it once. I look up. I see that banner. I want to I want to go through that again. Yeah. I want to have that, that experience again. I want to be able to drink out of the cup. I want to go down Las Vegas Boulevard and party on the stage. I want to I be part of that again. So no, you, you, you want to win. That's the that, ultimate that, goal, that, yeah. That, all the other stuff, that's ancillary. Well, it's the experience. It, it's great. But you just want to be – you want to do that again. You want to be the best in the National Hockey League, uh, one of the four major sports. You want to be the world champion. Yeah, and, and this is a sport where you could legitimately say world champion because you have the very best players on the planet playing in this league. They come from all over the world, especially Europe, places like that, to you know to compete in the NHL. So you're going against the world's best in this sport, and – I feel like it's one of the few where you could say, yeah, we are the world champion. We have a couple of big uh, happenings in and around the National Hockey League that we'll get to in one-timers in hour number two. Uh, one thing I did do today, because we're always working on other things uh, in this business, uh, in, in my role as the broadcaster, and we're focused on Tuesday night. We're going to do a one-hour pregame show uh, out on the, the deck uh, overlooking the plaza, and uh, the mezzanine is going to be hopping. It's going to be great, and we're going to have uh, all kinds of people come through uh, that show from 6 until 7, and then everybody will come inside for the, uh, for the banner raising uh, process and and enjoy that moment in time but I was going through and we're trying to count down the top 10 goals of the Stanley Cup playoffs last year okay and first off do you, do you know how many goals Vegas scored in, in the in the four rounds like just just roughly and this isn't any type of uh, like I've, I've got you oh. type thing uh, I, I was going through it and overall on nighttime plus they have this great package of the every goal that the Vegas Golden Knights scored in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So I, w- I was watching that today and trying to pare down my favorites and uh, and then knock it down a little bit uh, further. But every goal, uh, there's like a, a running total with it that gives you an idea of, well, and in the end, the, the last goal was scored by Nick Waugh, by the way. Yeah. Uh, I don't know whether you knew that because I forgot because I, <laughs> I was focused on on. Mark Stone's hat trick. Yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking about that at the end, but it was it was Nick Waugh. So four rounds of playoffs. Ooh, how many total goals do you think the Vegas goal? Well, I know it's I, a I, lot. I, I wasn't I wasn't close in in, in my total. So well, what did you, you guess? There's, there's no no no. Okay. I'm not not. I'm just saying there's no there's no wrong answer here. Feel, I'm, I'm not gonna not gonna bug you because there were some games where they scored a lot of goals, especially that last one. I feel like it's got to be somewhere in the fifties. So there's four rounds. Yeah. So the never 50, played seven the games. The fifties would be uh, just over ten goals in a series. 
Okay, so I'm gonna so, go. I'm gonna go higher so than that. Just gonna, I'm just gonna. I'm gonna guide you along. There. Maybe like. Oh wow! Now that you say that, seventy-one. Okay, eighty-eight. Wow! Wow! I was way off too. Eighty-eight goals. I was higher. You were higher. Yeah. I, oh, okay. I, I went the other way. Uh, I went. Uh, uh, I was like a hundred. I was thinking hundred and twenty uh, in and around there because you, you do lose track. Yeah. In, in, yeah. In, in watching those goals, there is there is this unbelievable theme. And I, you see why video is so important to the scouting uh, of the opposition. Yeah. But also reinforcing the right way to play if you're Bruce Cassidy and the Vegas Golden Knights. The number of goals that occurred within five feet of the crease area, whether it's tip-ins, deflections, or rebounds, or just getting to a loose puck uh, and, and uh, on the rush and, and being able to one time uh, a little bit of a, a pass in across crease. If there's 88 goals, then there, I bet you 60 of them had to be within 10 feet of, of the net. It, and you think of Vegas as this uh, fast team, uh, four-line team up and down the ice, and that's the area. And Bruce wants guys to be able to go to that area. He was not happy the other night uh, uh, in the game and uh, the, against uh, uh, San Jose in which they were blank. Like not enough guys were willing to get into that tight spot. Go watch the 88 goals. And it, it's faster. It's, uh, they've done a wonderful job in editing it together. And it just reinforces, uh, even with all the skill that Vegas has and the 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 13 goals that Jonathan Marcheseau scored and uh, the... 11 goals that Mark Stone scored. William Carlson uh, scored the, the 11. Th- those are the guys that were putting the puck in that. Jack Eichel and, and all of his talent uh, scoring goals. A lot of them just came right in front of the net, and that's how you're going to win hockey games. Yeah, and I think maybe that's why, why Bruce likes Pavel Dorofeyev, because he gets to that area of the ice. But when you look but he's back... he's got to continue to get gotta going, got to do it right? more consistently. Yeah. Like, obviously, last the last game he didn't do that. So... Uh, but yeah, it, 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 it's crazy. I, 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 first of all, eighty-eight seems like an unbelievably high number. <laughs> but because um, I mean, they, they, when you think about it, there were there were a lot of games where they scored like a lot more than four goals. Closeout games. Yeah. Oh, the Dallas game. Winnipeg. Winnipeg. Obviously, yeah. the, the the Florida Edmonton game. Edmonton game. They scored what six? So. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it's kind of like the way that Bruce coaches these guys get to the blue paint. Get in the dirty areas, and and I don't think it's a secret that that's how you that's how you win, right? You got to have guys willing to get there and, and and muck it up a little bit. But you you think about the game and you imagine guys coming down and uh, shooting off a one timer on the power play. Yeah, I'm thinking blasting that one home. Yeah. Uh, a two on one, and you're 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 skating uh, in transition, and you're able to finish that off. Those that's the rarity. Those are the one offs compared to the way they scored all the goals. And uh, I, I was impressed by it in the sense of uh, it was a revelation or a reminder to me in, in walking down that path. And uh, I can't wait to see the, the top ten goals on Tuesday's pregame show uh, on Script Sports. Do you have and, a favorite? Well, I've got a couple, but I sent it to over to Taylor Coleman, our producer, uh, on the pregame show and the intermissions on the TV side with Script Sports, and said, and, and Taylor wasn't here last year, so he's he's looking at it from the outside, and I'm really glad that he is because I, I have my 
biased uh, where where like I, I love what that player was did like William Carlson scoring the first two goals of the playoffs. Yeah, I think is was, was such a, a wonderful uh, just uh, send off for this team. They didn't win uh, that that first game, but uh, but uh, Carlson being able to set the tone offensively, I thought was was awesome. I, I had I had one of those two goals uh, written down for the for the top ten. I have was sixteen. Uh, the, and I, I sent them to Taylor and said, it, it's up to you now. you got to be able to take this and, and run with it because I, I'm, I think I'm too close uh, to, the, to the water here to be, <laughs> to, to, to be able to see the beautiful scenery uh, down the lake. Well, I think there's a, there's a couple from the Dallas series. Those first two overtime winners feel like maybe, maybe those would be in there. Maybe one of them definitely should be in there. I don't know which one you pick. Um, I can't remember who well, it was. You, Brett Howden and Chandler Stevens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I kind of liked Howden because it was a game that the Golden Knights really, I don't think they. they That's pl- the one where he scored from behind the net. Yeah, and yeah. It in. yeah. And, and it, it was a game where maybe Dallas was the better team. The Golden Knights were able to win that game, and it, it kind of set the tone for the series. I thought, I can't remember who it was who scored the second goal in game three that kind of, kind of this set. the Dallas series? The Dallas series, who set the wheels in motion. For everything that happened, and William and, Carrier scored in that game, and, yeah, and went. And that that was the end of Jake Ottinger. Yes, yes. Uh, he went backhand, uh, short side. Was that the third goal? I don't know. If it was the third goal, but uh, it was a, it was a beautiful shot. But it was one where Jake Ottinger uh, really uh, showed that uh, that he wasn't in fine form for that. Yeah. So so there's a lot, you know. I mean, when you really think about it, I mean, well, I'll give you a couple. There's okay. a bunch in the Edmonton series. Uh, the the Winnipeg series, you had Michael Amadio in overtime. In, in game number three. That was big. That huge. And then uh, you get to the Edmonton series, and there there was a lot happening in and around there. But remember the goal that Jonathan Marcheseau scored? And you won't remember Marcheseau necessarily for this goal, but Alec Martinez takes a shot from the left point, or top of the circle of the left uh, side, and it hits Stuart Skinner and goes up in the air. And he lost track of it and bounced down, and Marshall was there to, to tuck it across the line. That was a huge like moment showing that, that Vegas was going to be able to uh, really uh, capitalize on getting some breaks. And Marshall so in the last game with a hat trick. That, yeah. that, that was memorable. In, in the Dallas series, uh, William Carl, uh, Carlson had some moments. Uh, Keaton Colasar uh, went end-to-end, started a rush, and then got the puck back in game six to close that one out. Uh, that was uh, a wonderful moment for Keegan Colasar and the the presence that that line had in uh, throughout the game. Stanley Cup final, and I I'd forgotten about this goal, but Shea Theodore in game number one, where he was he had the puck, de- dove down low on the boards, then went across a little bit, came back, and eventually gets into a good shooting spot. And it was all Shea's skating. Yes. And be and a, then able to finish it, and that uh, that will be in the top ten for sure. That's my one of my non-negotiables was uh, was Shea Theodore uh, Howden. Uh, just uh, he was he was great in game number two, uh, being able to find that Marcheseau, uh in, in in game two and Martinez in game five. Yeah, I, I I've said it before. I really wish that the Martinez goal in game five would have held up, or or, or in the, the the Stanley Cup Finals that it would have held up. As the game-winning goal, because I don't know if there would have yeah. been anyone more unassuming than Alec Martinez to have two Stanley except, Cup. Except Stone ends up scoring the hat trick. Yeah. And the empty net goal, is it number one? 
on, the, on the playoff goals. I think it maybe, kind of kind of feels like it should be number one because it is yeah, it capped off the whole thing. Even though it's an empty netter, what that goal. moment what that moment was uh, in yeah. this building and Mark Stone capping it off because the result was not in doubt and that one. It feels like a number one. I I like the goal he scored first in that in that game. Like I just thought it was a obviously, you're right. The the raw emotion. I had, I had his first goal in that game too. Yeah, where where but, he where he stops on the transition and pops in mm-hmm. front of the net with, uh, the the goaltender wondering how's he got this much time to <laughs> yes. do this. Yeah, but I I had completely forgotten about the Michael Amadio goal in the Winnipeg series yeah. because that was a game the Golden Knights were up three goals in the third period. Yeah, and Winnipeg comes storming back. Double overtime, I think, right? Was it double overtime? Yep. Uh, there was and, – and, and, again, it's a situation where this team has someone who's not a superstar step up in a big moment and manage to, to score a huge goal. And for Michael Amadio, it had to be just an incredible – he was a very, very quiet guy, but a guy who maybe a lot of fans, before he was picked up, didn't really know a lot about, and he comes Waivers. here – yeah, waiver pickup. Just what and and a guy that you maybe don't win the Stanley Cup without. If you want to have uh, your say, send me a, a note on on X and and let me know your favorite goal of the Stanley Cup playoffs, and I'll let uh, the producer know if if you really feel strongly about a goal. I'd love to get your feedback. I'm not going to do a poll or anything uh, formal with it, but yeah, you don't do uh, those. No, I don't do I don't <laughs> do polls. But there is a poll up right now, and it's uh, the picking the next category uh, that will advance into our final poll to be the game rating category for this season and uh, we'll also that's the poll number two that's up and you've got about uh, half an hour left uh, on yesterday's poll and it's a close one if you haven't voted yet Ryan the Hockey Eye Darren Millard or uh, Magnum 702 and uh, get your vote in because it's uh, right there one percent difference on yesterday's poll and we're just getting underway today Uh, more to come from section 104 T-Mobile Arena getting set for Preseason game number six for the Vegas Golden Knights on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Ashley Weiss is going to join us on uh, the VGK Insider Show in hour number two. We'll also let you listen to Bruce Cassidy's morning availability ahead of this exhibition game against the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, Covered a lot of different subjects, including the status of William Carlson and uh, some of the combinations that you will see tonight uh, when you will watch Paul Cotter skate with Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone. Uh, Pavel Dorofiev is also going to be in the lineup and Brett Howden slides down from the wing uh, with Stevenson and Stone and will play center. And he's a longtime pivot guy, but has played wing the last uh, little bit. And he's really grown used to that role and because it's two totally different positions uh responsibilities on the ice and uh, what you have to be in your defensive zone mostly uh, and what you have to be conscious of and when you're a winger you got to be on the wall you're looking back the defenseman's pinching you got to have a head in the swivel there you got to be really strong to be able to get pucks that they come to you there and be able to get them out that's the primary role or if you got a little bit of time be able to see the end. And this is all happening at uh, a millisecond uh, that uh, that the things are, are occurring in and around the ice. You look up and Mark Stone's breaking up the ice or Chandler Stevenson making a good uh, zone exit, uh, making sure that you don't uh, 
get caught where a guy is in between you and you know that uh, tunnel vision uh, where you throw the puck through the middle and it's a pizza and something. So that uh, <laughs> it's a what? It, it, it's, a, it's a pizza. When you when you throw a puck up the middle and the other team gets it, that's called a pizza in hockey. Throw I a like pizza, it. Pizza up there. Uh, so that's the the winger side, and he's he's really responsible. He's he's gotten used to that part and learned that uh, that part of the game. Now he goes back to center, which is his his home roots. But you're you're more of a a uh, rover in the defensive zone. You're down low helping out the, the defenseman. You're covering in front of the net uh, for the defenseman. Or if they've got uh, a high guy who's uh, who's in motion in and around. Uh, the the defensive responsibilities and tasks on the center, uh, I would say, are more complicated than that of a winger. They're both equally important because if you don't get the puck out in your winger, you're in big trouble. And if you leave somebody uh, uncovered because... Uh, you get puck watching in the defensive zone. You're also in big trouble as a center. But it's it's very different positions. It's on the rush. It's whoever's in first uh, offensively. Uh, the the first forward, the second forward. They call it F1, F2. Uh, at the third forward, and then you go from there. Uh, more uh, fluid on the offensive side as a forward, but defensively, you got to be dialed in because there's very uh, strict job titles and responsibilities on a forward. So he's he's getting uh, back into the swing of things as, as a center iceman right now. Yeah, he's a guy who really found this game, I think, at the end of last season. He was healthy. He was playing with, as, as you mentioned, top guys. So him him moving out, or up, I should say, is, is going to be interesting to see. I'm, I'm excited for him. Uh, he's a guy, like I said, finally found his game, or not finally, but he found his game towards yeah. the end of Last season had, as we talked about in the last segment, best run some, of his career individually. Yeah, some, some big goals yeah. in the in the playoffs. So, you know, more responsibility. I think I think is good. And based on how he played last year, I don't I don't see any reason why he wouldn't be able to handle it. So yesterday I talked about the skills guys going through their uh, different uh, reps at the end of practice with Sean Farrell, the new skills coach with the Vegas Golden Knights, and it was Ben Hutton who was uh, doing some uh, some pivot work when he was what I called, uh, or he called surfing, when you're following a forward up ice and then you have to pivot and get back uh, going backwards from forward to backwards and, and doing that more economically and doing making your pivot uh, in, in a fashion that allows you to be uh, more balanced. So if a forward goes one way, you're not leaning on your, your, your edge too much uh, the other. And it was, it was fascinating to watch Ben go through that with, with Sean on the ice because Ben had never done that. He's played hockey his whole life and Stanley Cup champion and, and a really good defenseman in the National Hockey League. He'd never approached the pivot side that way, and the two of them working on it. And today was uh, an opportunity to talk to, to Brett Howden about what they were doing because he, and I, I didn't realize that this happened because a lot of times we're down in the media room or, or the, the dressing room after uh, practice, and we don't see a lot of the uh, casual uh, working on things at the end of practice, but he told me that Brett and Michael Amadio at the end of every practice last year, or a lot of them, would shoot pucks at not at each other, but they would try to knock them down. One guy would, would sauce them, and we're talking waist high, mm-hmm. and we're talking with a bit of zip on them. And their, their goal was to just knock them down uh, so they could make a play. And they did this over and over, and when Amadio started shooting yesterday, Howden wasn't knocking him down right away. And he and Amadio uh, and 
Sean Farrell had a little discussion, and he started getting it right away. So what what changed? Because I went just uh, choked down a little bit in the stick, but uh, uh, got just bared down a little bit because it's a little game that they play, and he was he was ticked off with himself because <laughs> at the end of last year he didn't miss any. He said I, I was like uh, solid a thousand percent uh, hitting hitting them all. Um, but uh, but I said so what what are you doing there? In in a sense, is it just a game? Uh, you're working on some hand-eye coordination, but what is that for? And he said, one, it's good for tipping pucks if you're in front of the net. Now, we're just knocking them down, but if you can knock a puck down, you can adjust a little bit to tip it. Mm-hmm. So it's great practice there. And this is all just casually at the end of uh, every practice that they do this. This is on their own where players, National Hockey players have extra ice and they do it. The other part is, he said, not every pass is perfect. And so if it gets tipped, you can adjust and you can knock it down and you can keep a play going where you may not be able to. And that wastes an opportunity going up the ice. So if you're if you're good at that, if you're used to doing that, you can continue a rush. And the other part, which is probably more important, which is something Mark Stone is incredible at, is somebody makes a cross ice pass or up the ice that the other team you can knock it down and generate an opportunity or at the very least cause a turnover or stop their rush. And and watching them do that and how many different areas that that one little part of extra ice at the conclusion of practice and most of the coaches are off the ice, these guys working on the trade, was, was really fun uh, to watch and then listen to. But he did say... At one point, he, he told uh, Sean Farrell, like, can you just slow it down a little bit? Like, <laughs> let's, let's get our confidence back here. Because, he you know, like batting practice, how the, the pitcher's closer to the home plate? Yeah. He's not actually on the mound. And so that, that replicates a little bit about the ball coming a little faster because it gets there sooner. Yeah. Uh, uh, he said it was, it was kind of like that. Like, they were just zipping in. And he's like, like, let's just dial it back a little bit. And then he was uh, on it. So every time you see an Amadio goal or a Howden goal where it comes off a tip or they m- cause a turnover because they knock a puck out, that is just coming from themselves, one of the ingrained parts of a hockey player, just working on their skills at the end of an ice time. Yeah, it's commitment, right? It's commitment to your craft, commitment to getting better, commitment to winning. And... For those two guys, two guys who who maybe maybe hadn't hadn't had the success that they had hoped to come here, do that, get better, become better players, become better, you know, at, at, at their craft. The the ultimate prize was theirs last year, and you have to wonder now every time you well now I know every time I see one of those guys scoring yeah, a goal like it. that, I'm, I'm looking for it now because it's cool to see, but. I'm always fascinated at the little things that guys do to get better at what what they do. Like I, I I always remember listening to like Tony Gwynn talk about hitting because he was he was the best of my generation at hitting the baseball. But there's little things that these guys do to get better, and and not everyone's a superstar. But hearing oh, there's a lots of guys at the end of practice who are working on one timers. Yeah, because that's th- that's what they do. Yeah, they 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 grab that puck, and they hammer it as hard as they can, and they're looking for their, their spots. This is a different skill set. Yeah, but we hear that, the one-timers. When we're walking yeah. back to the media room, we hear those pucks when they don't Do you go duck? in. Once in a while, yeah. it, it scares me. Yeah, I'm like, whoa, even though I know it's coming, it'll it'll scare me for a little bit when you hear it, especially if you're not expecting it. Cause, I'll, I'll say this. Because it gets pretty one-timers, loud. Those one-timers, like from the, from the side, they're whistling. 
it's it's different when you're when you're there. Yeah. Not, not that I've ever done done that, but uh, when you're in front of one of those things, it's much easier to track and and follow. If if they're ten feet away, then you're taking your life in your hands. Marshy will always will, will skate up and go. You don't want to be in for this one. Uh, uh, but uh, but when you're falling, when you're looking at it straight on, it's it's much easier than when you're walking behind the glass. and yeah. it's, you're from the side and you're you're watching that thing because from that angle, it's hard to first, see. The first reaction is how does that not go in every time on a goalie? Yeah, because yeah. it's 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 so. Uh, Absolutely lethal. Uh, Pride night tonight. Yes. Here uh, with the Vegas Golden Knights and at T-Mobile Arena. Uh, the Pride Parade tomorrow night in, in Las Vegas down the Las Vegas Boulevard. Always a fun, uh, awesome uh, event. And uh, Vegas Golden Knights participate every year. So looking forward to that. Uh, and uh, we can't wait to, for some of the activations that will take place tonight here at T-Mobile Arena. Give me an update now. Okay. On the poll. I think I think we're getting close to it being closed. So, so this let do you want to start with yesterday's poll? Yeah, yeah. Which let's, puts the first qualifier in, and if it's within a percentage point, we'll have to do a repershage. A repershage. The, the, the second place finisher will go into a consta, consolation poll. So you are not gonna believe this. We have one minute left. Okay. Dead heat. Dead even. Thirty three percent to thirty three percent. And that's an upset in itself because you guys all thought that breakfast cereals yeah. this is the category for this year's game <laughs> rating scale. Uh, one to five, or in breakfast cereals, it would be cornflakes to blueberry or, or uh, uh, apple jacks, whatever, uh, that we decide on. Uh, you guys thought breakfast cereals was going to blow the field away, but <laughs> booze slash whiskey has made this thing a race. Well, Rita, Rita, our, our wonderful listener and caller, Rita, she was not happy with me yesterday. Yeah, because you were trashing coffee. I, I wasn't trashing. I thought coffee, if, if anything was going to challenge the breakfast cereal, I thought it would be coffee. Yeah, she, she said I got a... Because that's I, the one that's relatable for everybody. I use my platform to, to disc coffee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so that's, that's one minute to go, and it's a, it's a dead heat. We'll update you uh, at the top of the hour. The secondary pool, which is today's pool, selecting the second qualifier, has been launched. And some of the choices uh, include uh, Star Wars characters, uh, desserts. What else is in there? Uh, pro wrestlers. Yeah. Vacation spots. Vacation spots. By the way, here's the cool thing about that other poll. Slurpee and coffee. Don't don't get distracted. Oh, I'm Squirrel. distracted. They, they finished at 17% as well. They were yeah. dead even as well. All right. What do we got here? What do we got in today's poll? So right now, Star Wars characters running away with it. Desserts, uh, five percentage points behind pro wrestlers and vacation spots way okay, off. Okay, give the me pace. give me numbers. Though, so right? Star Wars at thirty six percent. Okay. Desserts at thirty one percent. So that's not running away with that's it. A, that's a close. That's a close poll. Considering how close our last one was, that's running away with it. And then vacation spots for wrestlers way off the pace, 18 and 15% respectively. Take a break, and we'll tee up hour number two. You'll hear from Bruce Cassidy. We'll tell you what else is on the way on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Oh. My buddies Chris and Richie are on the ice, the ice crew with the T-Mobile Arena and the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, making sure that the surface is as perfect as possible. And every time that we see those guys on the ice uh, running around, uh, rimming pucks and uh, bouncing uh, pucks in and around the dashboard, we know we're getting closer uh, to the pregame show. And that's coming up uh, at the end of hour number two. Uh, Chris Chapman will be handling that tonight in place of Ryan Wallace. So you've done this a couple of times. Give me an idea of where your comfort level is 
uh, going into it now compared to the first time. Buddy. Well, I'll just say it's preseason for everybody, so myself included. So no, but do you, uh, do you feel better? Yeah, like the first yeah. time, I'm sure you were nervous. I was very nervous. Uh, it was. It was a. Uh, I got the call early in the morning for an afternoon game. I believe it was against the Nashville Predators in Nashville. Um, so I had to make a run over to Henderson to the to the establishment where I did the pregame, and then the second game was in the playoffs. I was basically Braden Pahal. I filled in for Ryan for one game in the playoffs, much like Braden Pahal played one game in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, so so my comfort level is, is, is I'd say it's fair. Um, I do rely on some people to help me get through. So, what um, do you enjoy the most about getting to do that side instead of uh, operating the board and just chirping us? Well, what I what I enjoy is first off, this is the first time I've been able to do it here, and I know it's oh, going to be really this is new. Yeah. yeah, so this is a new experience. So I'm really really excited because sometimes I'll come over during the game and I'll sit with Ryan for a little bit and watching the game from this vantage point. First of all, I I love being a little bit lower to the ice than in the press box, but this vantage point to me is so cool. Like my seats for the Stanley Cup final, I was in the corner over by where the television setup was. Yeah, section 117. And and I, I just like that angle. Like, I feel like I could see things a little bit better. But, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of jealous these guys out on the ice smacking the puck around. Okay, what I, what I didn't understand. Yes. You sent me a text and said, how do I get in? Yeah, yeah, because so when, I, what I didn't understand was <laughs> it's no different than any other time well, that you come to a game. You're just a little <laughs> bit earlier. When I parked, the door was closed. So I, I wasn't sure if I had to knock on the door or but one of the interns was right ahead of me, and I saw her go in, and I was like, okay, I'm good. Then I saw your text message after. So I asked around. I'm like, is the door different? No, it's not no, different. No, it was just closed. Who, who wants to know? <laughs> Chapman. And this was the response. Of course. Oh, that makes total sense. Bruce Cassidy's coming up. Ashley Vice will join us. And we have the final results on the first poll determining the qualifier for the final round for the category for our game recap rating. And we have an upset to tell you about. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas.